0: Welcome back to the 10 nine podcast. We got a special guest here seeing that it is hate week. Uh, We thought we might as well get probably the biggest South Carolina podcast out there. And a guy that I know annoys me a good bit every now and then just because you know, you got to spark the rivalry every now but we do have the man himself from the Spurs up show. Uh, How are you doing tonight?
1: What's up, boys? I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'll tell you this, man, in the spirit of rivalry week, it's truly, I think you could argue, the best week of the college football season because rivalries are really what make it so special. I mean, growing up, man, I grew up born and raised in the state of South Carolina, obviously North Augusta, South Carolina to be specific. A lot of my buddies were Carolina fans, but a lot were Clemson fans as well. And it was the jabbing, the back and forth, the trash talk, the... You know, all the other games were big, but like not wanting to lose this specific game because you didn't want to deal with 365 days of hell. Like that's what makes college football and college sports so special. So it's great to be chatting with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I, I think there's as much juice and as much energy going into the rivalry game as there's ever been going into this one because I feel like for the longest, right? Clemson was going to all the college ball playoffs and dominating the series. And even last year, I mean, it was a two touchdown spread. So this year, I feel like, guys, this is the first time in a while where neither side is really sure what's going to happen. And I think that's healthy for the rivalry. So I appreciate y'all having me on, like I said, excited to talk about it. And happy early Thanksgiving, by the way, to all you guys. Yes.
2: Yeah. Appreciate you, uh, it. You too. Yeah. Super glad that, like, we're not in high school anymore. That, like, if we lose this game, like, you don't have to hear, like, in the middle <laughs> of the day. You know, but my team right. the team. Um, and specifically us. I think all three of us, I can speak on this we've kind of been looking forward to this game ever since we lost to NC state. It was like, I don't care about the rest of the games. It's like, right. we got one goal in mind. I don't even care if we make a bowl game. And like you said, I haven't felt that juice in seven, eight, nine years. And like, you know, not like slighting it or anything, but like the whole time, it's like last game of the season, that's a win to get us to the ACC. That's a win. And then we're going to go to the Fiesta bowl or orange bowl or whatever. Like I feel so good that it's back to when I was like 13 and it was like, dude, we're going eight and four, but we got to beat that. You know, we got to <laughs> last game of the season. So I'm super juiced up. Um, I'm going to be down there. So I'm sure I'll get into a mess. Something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked just like you
1: are. Yeah. This reminds me, guys. So I, I first became a diehard Gamecocks fan End of 02, beginning of 03, so I was 11 or 12 years old. So my introduction to the South Carolina-Clemson rivalry was 63-17. to Yeah, that (laughs) was my first one. (laughs) Made a bet with my middle school teacher. Obviously lost the bet. Had to put on an orange and purple paper chain. (laughs) And at the bottom was a picture of the scoreboard. So that was like my introduction to the South Carolina-Clemson rivalry. Then, of course, the next year, the brawl. Corey Boyd fumbles on the opening kickoff. Clemson whooped South Carolina's ass, and of course the brawl at the end of the game that kept both teams out of a bowl game. So I mean, you learn to hate the other side really quickly. But to your point, man, those days, those early 2000s matchup, like that's all it was. It was like five and six South Carolina against five and six or six and five Clemson, and you're fighting for your bowl lives. You're fighting for bragging rights. You're fighting for all that. So we're kind of back to that. I don't think either side is necessarily thrilled that that's the, uh, that's the reality, but certainly it set in to your point a couple weeks ago, I think for both sides where in the midst of a disappointing season, you're not going to throw a parade and say you had a successful year if you win this game,
2: but it at least takes some of the sting out of an otherwise (laughs) lackluster year. (laughs) Yeah, no parades are going up, but I think that leads us into (laughs) that, that leads us into Grayson's kind of first question of the day rather, you know, seamlessly here. Um, and, Grayson, I'll let you take it away, that first little bullet point that you had. But, uh, yeah, the expectations this year were here. I think I picked us for the national championship. Like, I was all in we on camp- it. Oh, we all I, did. Yeah. Guys, first game <laughs> of I, I, had, I had Clemson
1: in my college football <laughs> playoff. I, yeah. I really thought yeah. – I really thought – I mean, I, I wanted Garrett Riley at South Carolina. There were a lot of Gamecock fans who were pissed off at that. When Dalbo Loggins was hired, I was like, I'd trade him right now. I, I really – believe that Garrett (laughs) Riley was that dude and I'm not saying he's not gonna be but yeah I mean certainly the offensive side especially beginning of the year was not and I think I I, you know I don't know if Cade Clubnick I don't know how y'all feel about him if he's that guy or not I know he's come on but um yeah anyways
3: um yeah I mean you mentioned it um as far as like both fan bases being on edge and that bringing extra juice to the rivalry then you also mentioned the piece about in prior editions, you know, bowl game eligibility being on the line, and that's the case for South Carolina. If they win this game, they'll be bowl eligible, and that's only made possible because of that thrilling win this past Saturday against Kentucky. Uh, I mean, it's college football is just a world of, I think, overreactions, but did that win change your outlook on Shane or the coaching staff, the season at large, just because of, uh, you know, if they do win the Palmetto Bowl a second straight year, they're going bowling?
1: Did it change my outlook on the season as a whole? I, I would say no, because guys, the goal was to get back to eight and four. I heck, I think the goal was to get to nine and three. The expectation was to get eight and four. Seven and five, I think, would have been deemed as an okay season. And six and six or worse with Spencer Rattler and of course Juice Wells returning who has not played all season and won't play on Saturday, per my understanding. But bringing those guys back, six and six or worse, was going to feel like a failure. So you don't move the goalposts this late in the season and just because you beat Kentucky and just because you've won three in a row and two of those three coming against Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt, right? So, and again, no matter what happens on Saturday, that's what I'm saying. Like, it'll be great to beat the arch rival. You'd much rather go to a bowl game and get those 15 practices. And I think that's probably a scenario, guys, where Spencer Rattler will go ahead and say, hey. I'm getting ready for the NFL draft. You can get a head start on the whole quarterback competition. Lenora Sellers will probably start the bowl game. Like, I think there's a lot of reasons, a lot of positives for it. But it's not going to change any Gamecock fans' mind on was the season a success or not. The answer is no. It doesn't matter what happens on Saturday. And, I mean, to the note about Shane Beamer, it it didn't change my mind on him either because I haven't jumped ship on Shane Beamer. And I think most Gamecock fans haven't either. I mean, you're going to have some extremists out there that, You know, they're going to say fire the coach the first sign they see of losing a game or what have you. And I will say to that point that, you know, it reinforced it for me this season. Like Shane Beamer was a guy three months ago that could have walked on water. Probably Dabo Sweeney somewhat similar. That Like there was a point where like you couldn't say anything even slightly critical of the guy without being attacked by people left and right. And Beamer was at that point over this offseason after the way they finished last year. And uh, after that Tennessee loss, guys, I mean, I just never thought I would have heard it so quick in the middle of year three, people actually starting to question, hey, is this the guy for the long term? Like, I, I just I was really surprised to hear that. But what it, what it went to show is no coach is immune to the effects of losing. But for the most part, I think Shane Beamer's and the good graces of Gamecock fans. I think Gamecock fans agree that, you know, there are things he needs to do this offseason, like firing the defensive coordinator, looking at the rest of the staff, the strength and conditioning. Winning in the transfer portal. This is going to be a pivotal portal cycle for those guys. So, But I don't think that Kentucky game right swayed one thing or the other. It was a great win. It was a win you needed to have. You beat Kentucky back-to-back for the first time since 2012, 2013, which just shows you how much of a thorn in the side the Cats have been for South Carolina over the last decade. So that's a team you need to beat on a year-in, year-out basis, sort of beat them to protect the home field, to win a third in a row. But, guys, I would say this. The Kentucky win was big for the reasons I mentioned, but I think it was equally as big because what it sets up this weekend, right? Like, if you'd have lost that game. Oh, absolutely. All you're looking at is bragging rights. Like, you're playing for no (laughs) postseason, nothing's on the line. This game would have lost a lot of that energy, that juice that we were talking about. Uh, Not saying that it still wouldn't have had a lot, but you get what I'm saying. So, no, to answer your question, short form, no, the Kentucky game didn't necessarily change our mind. If anything, it made me more worried about the Clemson game from the standpoint of, you know, before the Kentucky game, the narrative was, okay, South Carolina at home, their offense is elite, they're great, they're this, they're that, but on the road, they struggle. I would argue Kentucky was the first time they've played a really good defense at home, and Kentucky just shut them down. I mean, 50 total rushing yards, 27 of those came from Spencer Rattler scrambling. Uh, The offense, 250 or so yards of offense, and Clemson's defense is a lot better than Kentucky's. So I, I just... I think it made me a little bit more concerned in regards to how South Carolina is going to move the football. And uh, that's certainly something I know we'll probably talk about, but it's going to be a, you know, a real mystery for them to solve is that Clemson defense. But uh, no, nothing major change. Just happy to get a W. That was the first time that South Carolina beat an opponent where you're like, hey, that's a quality win, which really says something about the type of season it's been for South Carolina.
2: Uh, Going forward, before we continue on, I may have like a touch of pushback on Beamer just because we've seen kind of the transformative approach that coaches can quickly take on a program, right? And so, you know, do I think he's a good leader? Yes, I think the guys love him, you know, but I think that the coaching decision, similar to what you talked about, are are, are the total aspects of a coach. But without really diving too deep into that, what are your expectations for Shane Beamer, both in the short term and the long term? And, you know, what do you believe he has to do to actually
1: achieve that? Well and Jacob, to your point too, I, I want to make it very clear that I'm I'm and I'm sure you guys have followed along long enough that I'm not someone that I'm sunshine and rainbows, garnet glasses. Quite the opposite. Like <laughs> I, I've been I've been more critical than any other Gamecock into this year of Shane Beamer. Like I, I just on a weekly basis, I have wanted to vomit because of the press conference comments and the clips and like Shane Beamer making himself I mean, I said it when he broke his foot. I was embarrassed. Like, and that did not sit well. with A lot of yeah. people, but <laughs> when I heard that, I was honestly <laughs> embarrassed to be a fan of South Carolina. Like, that's and I said that publicly. And again, not everybody resonated with that. So, to your point, Shane Beamer's not perfect. He's eerily similar to Dabo, though. Like he and Dabo are just cut from the same. The yeah. I said that the mannerisms are
3: there. Yeah. The yeah.
1: mannerisms for sure. Like their styles, the CEO, and the being <laughs> the, the player's <laughs> coach. And it's funny, I I, I I joked with someone a couple of weeks ago that I felt like Shane and Dabo were in, like, a text chain of, like, who can say the more ridiculous thing yeah. this week in yeah. a press conference? Because it was like they were going right. back and forth for a while, like, of just saying outlandish things. But back to your question, Jacob, the short-term expectations, I think he needs to fire his defensive coordinator and make, make some big splashes, make a big splash in the portal this offseason. This is a massive portal cycle for South Carolina. They were hurt by the portal last year, and Gamecock fans didn't want to admit it. But when you lost Jaheim Bell, Marshawn Lloyd, Jordan Birch, Gilbert, Edmund, you lost some quality SEC starters, and they went out and got some guys. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't get SEC quality talent to fill those voids. You look at the offensive line and who they brought in. Guys from Yale, Western Illinois, Mercer, Charlotte, and guys, wouldn't you know it, Carolina can't run the football, and they can't protect the quarterback. Who could have ever seen that coming, right? So, I mean, (laughs) you got to go out and get some guys. And I know it's easier said than done because the transfer portal is extremely competitive, NIL is extremely competitive, but you got to go out and get some contributors in the transfer portal. So, you got to win in the portal. You need to fire your defensive coordinator and Clayton White. You need to make some changes on that side of the football no matter what you do. Next year needs to be a bounce-back year, guys. Again, easier said than done because you're not going to have Spencer Rattler. I'm high Lenora Sellers, but, I mean, is he going to be better than Spencer Rattler was this year? Um, so you hope the pieces around him are better. And, you know, you obviously make a bowl game. There's never an excuse for not doing that. What's the expectation for win total? I think we need to let the roster come together and figure out just what the schedule is, which will come out, I believe, in, like, mid-December before we determine that. But for the long-term, guys, I, I think it's fair to expect – that Shane Beamer can get the Gamecocks football program to a place where they are winning eight to nine games per year consistently. And every three to four years, either they've got the right quarterback, they're a veteran team, the schedule works in their favor, whatever it might be, where they can win double-digit games and make a 12-team college football playoff. And I know to some, some Clemson fans are going to hear that. They're going to laugh. They're going to scoff. But you got to have some sort of expectations. I mean, you can't just accept six and six forever because that's exactly what you'll be. And trust me, I know the history probably better than everybody listening to this. So I get Carolina has lived in mediocrity forever, right? I get that. But I think that's a realistic goal. Like, I think that can happen at the University of South Carolina. You look across the board, if I just gave you a blind test of here's the facilities, here's the stadium, here's the fan base, you'd say, okay, yeah, there's no reason why that team can't win. But then you put a block C on it and Garnet Black and go, oh, well, I mean, they're destined to suck because they always have. So you got to break that mold somehow. I think those are fair expectations. I think those are reasonable. And to the point of Beamer, I think he's going to get till 2025 to really get it going. Now, what does that mean? I think winning eight games, eight-plus games, and at that point, if South Carolina's still meddling in the five-to-six win range, guys, I don't know. Because at that point, I think you know what you have. So – I, the, the, those are the short-term, long-term. Again, I've always said forever, guys, I think South Carolina can be that type of program. I don't think winning an SEC championship is realistic with the way the SEC is expanding. But getting to a 12-team playoff, I think South Carolina is a program like an Ole Miss, like a Kentucky, like a Missouri, that they can reach that goal maybe once every four or five years.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, I do genuinely agree with that sentiment. Um, I, it is astounding that South Carolina to your point, has been so mediocre across their history with a passionate fan base that fills up that stadium with fantastic facilities. And look, I have my qualms about Columbia, South Carolina, but it's in a metropolitan area, right? I mean, it's in... I mean, guys, to to your point, Jacob, South Carolina has
1: won nine games or more seven times in their history. Like, that. that is... When you think about how long they've been playing football, like, that's... (laughs) That's hard, but I mean I I told Gamecock fans last year repeatedly when Carolina went eight and four, right? Beat Clemson of the year, go eight and four. I was like, appreciate this season. It's only the 15th time this has ever happened. So, like the numbers show this may only happen like four or five times the rest of your life. That I know that sounds crazy and nobody wants to hear it, but in the short term, appreciate it. But that's what South Carolina should be striving for yearly. And I think Gamecock fans, there's no Gamecock fan out there who's being honest who would turn that down. Because last year was a lot of fun. That was a fun year. You go eight and four, nine and three, you're having a fun year. You're winning some rivalry games, you're winning some big games, and you're at least knocking on the door. And when you're going out there and recruiting and transfer portal, and you can really look a kid in the face and say, hey, we're only one or two prospects away from getting to the next level. You can't do that when you're five and six going into week thirteen, man. Or you finish six and six, or you're going five and seven, or you're getting blown out by this team and that team. So that progress has got to be there. And guys, you know as well as I do, Steve Spurrier completely changed the expectations in Columbia, and so that's why I say that's why you felt I think, or that's how I think you've seen the the pressure on Shane Beamer because Gamecock fans they want to win. You got a taste of it, and they want to get back to that. So um, you know, as much as this fan base loves Shane Beamer. No coach is immune from the effects of losing, and that's why I say year five. I think I think that's as long as he'll get if they don't get it going.
0: I mean, we saw that firsthand with Dabo this year. I had a guy from Spartanburg obviously yeah. called him. his from Spartanburg. His head. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is the first year that we've lost, what, uh, three I agree with and a lot of Tyler's
2: points. I want that yes. on the
0: record. I
1: agree with got
2: outside a lot of football
3: Tyler's points. With that. That was
1: that was electric. I thought that was electric, guys. Honestly, I I, 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 loved I think everything. that's
2: why we beat Notre Dame. What, one, what do
1: you? What like, did I y'all? This think. is kind of a taking it down a different road, but what did y'all think about the people that said that that was Dabo planted that? Like that was a plan thing. You you believe You're, that, or you I, think that was a random
2: guy? Uh, I I, I want to no, believe I it so bad. It was not a random guy. One of my best buddies. He's from Spartanburg. He actually knows the guy. Um, not a plant. I can say that okay. with hundred percent certainty. That felt too genuine to be to be scripted. Yeah, like I mean, look, you heard the emotion in the voice. He when, was yeah. yeah. When you bring when you bring out Psalms, whatever you know, pride comes before the yeah, fall. Right. Like you know, he was he was sitting in
0: that deer He's stand doing that since Duke. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. He, Dabo uh, would not have put that "Tell Me About" line in a
3: script. I know that. That's <laughs> what really. Yes, yeah,
0: that's off. true.
2: Yeah, we're not going to give him any more credit. But yeah, that was uh, that was electric. One of the best radio content. <laughs> that's ever come out of any sports program in a while. So I appreciate that. Um, You you mentioned – this is just a little tidbit. We talked about this earlier in our group message. You mentioned how bad your defensive coordinator is this year. The graphic that you put up this morning, let's discuss a little bit positionally. Let's dive into the game a little bit. You did have the coaching as a tie. So we'll start there, you know, umbrella-level view. (laughs) <laughs> and you wanted, Hang on. And you wanted Garrett Riley last offseason. Right. You still think he might not be the guy. I understand he hasn't really proven it this year. So you wanted Garrett Riley last year. You want to fire your defensive coordinator. And ours has been pretty freaking good. Um, Dabble won two national titles. I disagree with him on some things. He has won two national titles. I want that to be said. Your coach is five and six.
3: It, go on. I, 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 no
1: no i listen i understand where you going. Well, we talked about this on the show today too and admittedly when i was doing so side note by the way that positioning to comparison graphic that is i don't think there's a graphic that pisses people off more on a weekly basis or in the content space generates more banter which is the okay, goal so it's and a it's a it's lot a of fun no no, it's not a bit it's for real no it's, i'm just saying though that is one that like Nobody's ever not nobody. Not all parties are going to see eye to eye, no matter what, because yeah. there's going to be a lot of compliments one on position that. group. There's going to be one position group that people are like, "Hey, what is this about?" So when I, I looked at coaching, to your, to your, yeah, to your point, to your point, I was very close to giving Clemson the nod, and then I stopped. I agree with you. What, what is West Goodwin or Godwin? I have no idea.
0: I think it's Godwin. Goodwin.
1: Godwin. Well, Goodwin. <laughs> Clemson, DC runs runs laps around Clayton White. That there, there is no question about that. South Carolina has the advantage in the special teams department. I, I know yeah. that most people don't care about it, but I got to give Pete Limbo some that, love. Dude, y'all won team. that game
0: last year because of that. We saw right. it last
1: year. Oh, yeah. Well, special I'm just – most most fan bases, like, time. when I do, like – we'll do, like, preseason stuff with other SEC teams, and I'm like, let's talk about you all special teams. They're like, Why? So most people don't give a damn, but I know we y'all had a special well. team since like
0: 2012. We or learned CJ Spiller was here.
2: Our <laughs> kicker this yeah. year is 50%. It's legitimately yeah. worth five to we seven points him seven
3: off a beach. Yeah.
2: That's not a joke. Right. <laughs> so
1: to, to the rest of it, though, it really comes down to OC and the head coach. You know, I, I I factor in when I do this. I factor in resume for sure. I factor in experience. But I also factor in what's happened to this point this year. Vibes and I look at who's been better: Garrett Riley at Clemson or Dabble Loggins at South Carolina. And admittedly, I'm a little harder and a little bit more harsh on Clemson's coaching staff because they've got far more talent to work with than South Carolina does. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> I know the receivers aren't there. I, I understand that. You've had kind of better I know a Klub, receiver suspect, but like you look at the recruiting profile, recruiting rankings. Be I good. think they've got more bullets in the gun. Like, let's yeah. just put it that way. So I, I don't know who's done a better job. Has Garrett Riley done, done a better a bit, job at Clemson? But... Dabble Loggins, I mean, I, I think you look at what he's done for Spencer Rattler, you could say he's done an incredible job. And then there's some games like last week against Kentucky where I'm like, damn, maybe Dabble Loggins doesn't know what he's doing, right? This is a guy that was once labeled as the worst play caller in the NFL. So <laughs> as much as I wanted Garrett Riley at South Carolina, right now I'm looking at the bodies of work and I know that Garrett Riley's got more of a resume in college, but I'm just, I don't know. And then I go to the head coach because this obviously weighs a lot. Shane Beamer in his third year, they're five and six. I understand he's un, he's unproven, right? He is a guy at South Carolina that has done more with less. I understand that Dabo Sweeney, national championship head coach, six straight college football playoffs. But y'all know as well as I do that the game is changing, and what I see on one side is a coach that's not embracing transfer portal. I don't know that he's really embracing an IL. He's cutting his own nose off by his face. He lost to Florida State because he had to go pull a kicker that was an accountant in New York. He couldn't just go get a portal guy that had kicked. Like, and I I, I love, I, I understand the energy. I get that. I, I would expect nothing less from Tiger fans to defend Dabo. But like, these are the same people that were calling for this man's job this year that want to tell me how great of a coach he is. So like. I just, where was that energy a couple weeks ago after the loss to NC State or the loss to Duke to open it up? Or, like, so these two coaches one and one against each other? You know, is it a little bit of bias? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not a little bit. But as we sit right now, I guess it's what's more important, the titles that Dabo won, like, four years ago, or how good of a coach is he in the college football landscape of 2023? And I don't know how good of a coach Dabo Sweeney is in this landscape, because he doesn't want to w- w- embrace the portal. I mean, is, is anybody going to argue that? Okay, I mean, all right. I mean oh no, we've we've its
3: complained season. about it ad nauseum weekly, yeah, especially I, the losses. I've complained uh, about
1: it. I've I've ran. At least I know. At least I know with Beamer that he's going to do that. He's going to go out right, there in the mix. and do yeah. that.
2: Okay, but listen, so, listen. When when I look, I I have so many qualms on recruiting nil. Trust me, it's extensive. I've aired my grievances to many people both around the program, in the program, and formerly within the program. So to get that out of the way. However, when we talk about coaching, especially for a game unit comparison, we're talking about 60 minutes of football. I don't think we need to factor in, oh, is he going to get a a portal wide receiver this offseason? That has no bearing on these 60 minutes, right? It's just – who can get their guy motivated? Who can get their guy motivated more? And as we've kind of seen, and we will continue to see, especially Saturday with Harbaugh, how much, how many points is a head coach really worth over 60 minutes of football? Vegas says zero. So, you know, and then, listen, our, how do I put this? You would look at Garrett Riley this year specifically a lot differently. If we did not lead the nation in fumbles, fumbles inside the five and, you know, average amount of points within the 20. And that's not play calling. That's, that's trust me. That's, that's, that's players, right? I mean, Garrett Riley's not telling them to fumble at the one and Duke houses at 99 yards, right? So that's a 14 point swing right there. So if we look, if we pull back that veil a little bit of, not trying to dive into what we're going to do this offseason, last offseason, next five years. I think these 60 minutes and for some reason, the coaching thing really got in my head. I don't know why. But for these 60 minutes, like I think it's undoubtedly, you know, us. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a no brainer. It's us. Um, Now, I think that your wide receiver talent is so far beyond us. And your quarterback play is so far beyond us that it
0: might well, I, not matter.
1: To why, I will say this though: to wide receiver, I gave South Carolina the nod. But I'll tell you this: I mean, I think Clemson's got more quality bodies in regards to contributors. But there's only one Xavier Leggett on the field on Saturday. Like that, 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 that was the biggest right. difference. But I mean, there's in regards no to, to, that. to South Carolina, it's Xavier Leggett, and then kind of just whoever shows up. Nick harbor has been coming along for sure. But I mean. I think Clemson might have more like they got a bunch more guys who have actually made plays than it's like South Carolina, where it's like Xavier Leggett, a tight end, and then it just drastically goes downhill. So I really don't to be fair. Dude, do. I got I got pushed. Listen, I got pushed back for giving a push on the tight ends. And I was like, I don't know if y'all watch Jake Brenningstool, but like, damn it, his t- his stats are what Carolina's tight ends are combined. Like this dude is a huge part. Of the Clemson offense. It, so he's a red Hell of respect. I love, too, how that yeah. graphic was littered with orange, but it's the push on the coaching that really pops off. Yeah, so that's <laughs> right. It's the times I, were pissed it's, off. It's though. never enough. It's never I enough. But thought- to, the, to the coaching for 60 minutes, to the coaching for 60 minutes, I do give Beamer, too, Annette, a little bit extra because Clemson should have beaten South Carolina last year. Like, they had a better team. They had more talent. And I would argue that Shane Beamer and his coaching staff outcoached Clemson at their place. So yeah, maybe we just,
0: head to head. I mean, hill. we decided to do head that, head that punt return. As soon as we did, oh, like, Dabo tried return. to, to
2: out-beamer out ball, ball, beamer ball. That's I would that, actually yeah. say Dabo may be worth, like, negative three points. That's <laughs> been a <laughs> poor on recently, dude. Right. Yeah. Like, this guy's like, <laughs> hey, you don't want to be sick? A fake punt on our own 17 in the first quarter. Right. And you're like, this With is a never alignment in the history of football. Why are we doing it? And he's like, hey, man, like, we're just – I just got a feeling. We're going to do it. We're just going to do it. You're like, shut the hell up. Uh-oh. There's no
3: analytics involved in that whatsoever.
1: No. I, you, know what I, you know what I love, though, about the coaching side of things, guys? And I'm glad we can both laugh because it's – I feel like both fan bases, if you want any indication that these coaches are so similar to each other, both fan bases – like, there's no better coach in the country when your team is winning than Shane Beamer or Dabo Sweeney. And there is no coach that is more nauseating than yeah. Shane Beamer or Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> yeah. No, I, for both sides. And I know yeah. both sides would agree with that. Like, it's yes. like the same reason you love them and you praise them when the team is yeah. winning. Those are the same reasons. You're like, this dude is the worst. Yep.
3: When you're losing. Yeah. Like, Whoever is responsible just, for putting the idea in Dabo's head that we were four plays away from undefeated season. And he said that like six weeks in a row. That's, I wanted to, bro, that's... Like, that's I, like
1: I must ish That's must champ type of talk. Yeah. And Beamer's done the same thing. Beamer's done the same thing. And oh, I mean, yeah, that's no. what's unfortunate is like now <laughs> you have to come to grips with, I mean, it's already in the books now that through three seasons, right, Shane Beamer needed to win like eight games to break the record. Will Muschamp, the best three-year start record-wise in South Carolina football history. That's sickening. I mean, that's just truly sickening. Oh so, man! Yeah, I think that's another reason why this year for Gamecock fans has been so disgruntling because it's like you have to live with that fact that Will yeah. Muschamp has the best record through three years. A guy who, a guy who didn't even remotely come close to beating Clemson. Nah. Not even. I mean, he was comical. So.
0: <laughs> and it was just comic. I, yeah.
1: Should
2: have kept uh, that's the equivalent of state. like
0: the uh... Shane Elliott.
3: Sean yeah,
2: you're Sean Elliott, oh. that's the yeah. guy. <clears throat> South Carolina's guy going forward.
1: Hindsight's 2020, 20, but I would have taken Sean Elliott over Will Muschamp any day of the week. That was just yeah. abysmal. That that was that was brutal. That, that was and it's this, this. We could have a whole combo, guys, about that era. And like, I was, I mean, I I, I don't know if you guys were around for this, but like, I, I sort of my first big break was the Fire Will Muschamp video. I became the Fire Muschamp <laughs> guy. I was the Fire Muschamp <laughs> guy for like two years. I that's was a so happy when be. he actually. Yeah. Well, I was so happy when he actually got fired because it was really exhausting being that guy. Like you know, just (laughs) just, just accepting well, just accepting that your program sucked and your team sucked and (laughs) I mean it's it's crazy to think where T S U S is thinking about that we built the business off the backs of four and eight and two and eight off Will Muschamp. So there's nothing that Shane Beamer can throw at me that I can't handle, I can assure you.
2: Yeah, there's like a million little – I mean, we're not like a Clemson podcast. We all went to Clemson. We're trying to be lean more into that. But there's like a million different Clemson things that popped up when we won two national championships in four years. It's a hell of a lot easier to do then than when – yeah, when you're two and ten. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, that, that that's what always humors me, too, is I'm sure you guys see on social media that like TSUS is a closet Clemson fan. And I'm like, guys, I started this business back in two, – January 2017 when I started making content in any way. And I'm like, if I was a Clemson, if I was a Clemson (laughs) fan, or even if I had converted and I had the opportunity to convert back, and if I chose willingly to cover the Will Muschamp-led Gamecocks football program versus the Clemson football program that had just, I think, either won a national championship or gone to one or was like top five in the country, if I chose that route, I'm either a complete idiot or the worst entrepreneur on the face of the earth. Yeah, like no, (laughs) nobody chooses the life of a Gamecock. Let me just make that very clear. You're born in it. <laughs> it sticks in your blood, yeah. and you have to live through it, my friend. Nobody is just <sighs> bandwagoning that. Question let's, of call it, it. let's call it for especially during the must-champ era. Like, give me a break. That was the worst. Yeah. That was the worst.
0: And those On, were three years that we were there, and they were the best times ever. On, Dude, you, those yeah.
1: those those games, and that's what I'm saying about this game upcoming Saturday, it's so much fun going in a game where it's like, man, it's a touchdown spread. Who knows? Like, both fan bases are kind of yeah. like – you know, on edge, bro. Yeah. Those games were snooze fests. Those, those games, I mean, those yeah. g- even Clemson fans got bored of winning because it was. I mean, there's nothing worse than it's it's rivalry week. I don't forget 2019. It's rivalry week, and the spread opens at like 26 and a half, and you're just <laughs> like,
3: what's the point?
1: Like, what is even the point? <laughs> And you got Todd Ellis on the play-by-play. Carolina in 2019 gets a a goal line stand to open it, and they're going crazy. And in the back of your mind, you're like, Bro, "We're gonna get killed." Like, <laughs> we're gonna, and and sure enough, I think the score was like 38-3 in that yeah. game. So I mean, it yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> That was a fun one, though. I get yeah, no, dude. Those those we're teams, like, y- you talk about like yeah. how much pressures on each side this Saturday, and I, there there's pressure for sure, right? Because for the winner it it puts a Band-Aid on kind of a lost season or a hurt season. The loser, it's going to be just pure tor- turmoil for the entire yeah. offseason. season. will be a
3: long – But those, those
1: Clemson days teams days. had more to lose because they were destined for the playoff, but, like, they didn't give a damn because they just knew they were so much better than South Carolina. Like, those yeah. Trevor Lawrence teams,
2: it was like yeah. NFL against JV. Like, that's yeah. what the games looked like. I don't know if you know any of our background. I mean, you obviously don't, but we all three were student trainers for the football team from 2016 okay. to 2020. Oh, uh, beautiful. Yeah. So look, I, I'm, and I was like, Trevor, I was beside Trevor on the sidelines when he came out, dude. And like, like we would talk about, like, I had him and Justin Fields, like his junior year or his sophomore year. We like talked about like who I started in fantasy football, like in the middle of games I would ask guys after the after the game, like, hey, how many different plays did we run? And I will never forget this. It was after the Georgia Tech game. Um, Tremaine Ankrum tells me we we ran six different plays the entire game, and like we just ran like trap and goes like Like, that was seventy to seven. Yeah, and we we put up (laughs) so like that was like back in those days. It it was right. It was not worry about South Carolina for you know twelve weeks. And then 30 minutes before kickoff, it's, oh, shit, if we lose, the season's done. Like, it's over. We'll have no more – and, you know, I'll I'll go jump off a bridge, right? (laughs) But for 12 weeks, it's nothing. And then, obviously, we get into the game. The the games go how they go. Um, But you're right, dude. I just can't get over the thought of Clemson losing this week because the season is – Gone.
3: There's no okay. redeeming it. It doesn't matter who we play in a bowl game in Myrtle Beach at eleven a.m. on a Wednesday. It's just it's gonna be a lost season. Well, what's gonna be funny too is if South Carolina does end up
1: winning and you know, we go back to that whole push on the coaching thing, all the Clemson people that'll be calling for Dabo's job, and I'll be like, Well,
3: I, y'all
2: <laughs> that I, Colin I call- show's
3: gonna be yeah, rated
1: R.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, the problem is we gotta get a quarterback. Um uh, I've talked to the boys about this also extensively and mm. Cade's not the guy, okay? I can say that firmly, he's not the guy. I don't think in that class that there was a better guy to take, if that makes sense. Like, we kind of see how Drew Allard was at at Penn State. And, look, it's early within their years. We're only sophomore year. Obviously, they can develop, like, you know, uh, Rattler's developed into a good quarterback, and he's 23, right? So he's three years older than our guy. But he doesn't have
3: that. I mean, it, it happens.
2: Yeah, we miss but we don't have anybody behind him and then we don't have a quarterback that we took last year. So if K doesn't develop it, I'm seriously worried that we may put another you know, we may go through another stretch of fear the thumb, all that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like like there's a serious chance here that if we don't win this this week cuz I do believe in Shane Beamer kind of long term. This year was bad, but he's recruiting better. You've got the facilities. I think you have more NIL backing than Clemson does. And if we don't win this year, I don't know, man. Like, I got a real bad feeling.
1: Speaking of quarterback, and I'm only bringing this up because I saw this on – my good buddy Brad Crawford on social media mentioned that uh, a name that may enter the portal is Will Rogers from Mississippi State, boy, that he would be fun to watch in Garrett Riley's offense. That's all I'm saying. That that might be – I will take him. That might be – <laughs> But, I mean, it, to the K. Klubnick thing.
3: I wish I could believe how is, that. How
1: is he still starting when he openly runs whatever he wants
2: and Here's, doesn't because, run what they call? That's how dire it is behind me, Holmes. We have Hunter one, Holmes is our second quarterback. We have one actually recruited quarterback, right? And he can't Red crack – the two walk-ons that are ahead of them. So our only actual quarterback on roster is, a, like, a high four-star, right? We recruited well, I guess, but he can't crack the, the, you know, the three deep on the on the chart. Like, Bear Bryant's grandson is our third string. You know what I mean? Like, Hunter Tyson would be fan, only it's fantastic. only quarterback ever, by the way. Yeah, yeah is a fantastic walk-on quarterback. He is. But he shouldn't be our, our two deep, you know? Like, so well, – I'll, I'll
1: tell you this, Cade Klubnik, hell hath no wrath. Like if he goes off script against South Carolina and loses the football game, I can don't, tell you that right now. Listen, I obviously it's no secret who I want to see win, but I don't even want to see that for him
0: because you're talk, you're talk, there are forgivable You, sins you talk about that.
1: what he did in the Miami game. If that were to happen Saturday, forget no, it. it. He will not. never be.
2: Yeah. He will. He won't be allowed to come back. He, I'm really allows he allows to club Nick. I'm the biggest K Club Nick hater, I promise. I think he has all the tools uh, in the world, but I think he's a literal squirrel. Like he's got no idea what's going on, <laughs> man. And he's just like, I see some grass. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I... And then it's two yards past the <laughs> scrimmage, and he gets destroyed because he's 180 pounds and fumbles it. Like, he go, K. You did real good.
1: And I think on the football <laughs> note, guys, I think that's why for South Carolina the key Saturday night has to be to key in on, on Maffa and Shipley because I, I think most feel that if it comes down to a quarterback battle, Rattler against Klubnick, that plays well into South that's Carolina's bad. favor. Yeah. Um, but it's much easier said than done. right? I mean, M- Maffa's been – I actually took the – it was a prize picks play. I think the the total touchdowns yeah. for Shipley, rushing touchdowns, was like 11 And, a half, and I took the under – Because I was like, dude, this Maffa kid is for real. He's legit. He's going to get a ton of carries. And sure enough, I mean, it's going to get hurt. Well, that too. Yeah, that too.
2: Shipley's like, I forgot how to hold on to a football for a little bit there.
0: (laughs) Right. Every like inside we, the five carry. Yeah,
2: what are yeah he's probably got like
0: three touchdowns going towards that prop bet that he just fumbled away. <laughs> That's just yeah. literally at the one.
2: Spiller never had to figure out how to, like, hold the ball through a hole. He's like, I'm faster than everybody. I'm just going to run past everybody. So how can you expect him to teach poor little old Shipley, you know, how to hold the football when he's going through the hole? Because he's going to fumble it every time. The main difference maker, I'll say, if it does become a quarterback battle, Avion Terrell and Nate Wiggins. Total equalizer, Rattler can have the game of his life, you know, or have to lean on Rattler. He's throwing great balls, dimes, but at the end of the day, Nate Wiggins still might be in his hip pocket right there,
1: you know. Have you have you guys noticed on social media that that matchup between Leggett and Wiggins has that's been talked about all week? And I mean, it's I got somebody the actually juice for sure. Somebody pointed out to me they were like, "Hey, just so you know, this is silly because Clemson plays zone, they don't play man, but." Still, man. for the for fun, for fun. If we're talking key matchups, yeah, that's that's uh, that that one's gotten a lot of juice for sure. Leggett yeah. against uh, against Wiggins. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, dude, listen, if I'm Clemson defensively, I couldn't believe how. And I guess I could say this for a lot of teams, but in that game against Kentucky, like, how do you leave one on one? How do you leave seventeen? like they have one guy. Like, yeah. if there's one, yeah. guy, if if you're a defense. If you're a defense, you're Wes, Godwin, whatever. My game plan is somebody other than 17 is going to beat me. Like, if we lose, fine. Right. But somebody else is going to have the game of their life because I'm not letting this guy do it. Yeah. You know what Which, I mean? So, I, I just – I mean, it's – and again, it's much easier said than done. Like, Xavier Leggett is is a specimen, no doubt. But uh, – and, and South Carolina going to have to find ways to get in the football despite that. Again, my biggest concern is – can they have any semblance of balance running the football? Because third and long is where dreams go to die for the South kind of offense. I mean, you guys see the sack numbers. Rattler has been running for his life. He was sacked twice against Kentucky, but I mean, he had 10 carries in that game against Kentucky. Those weren't designed runs. Those were, he was scrambling out of the pocket practically running for his life and made something happen with his legs. I think he'll have to have that, that type of performance again. Um, but, I mean, you're going to have to get the football to your playmakers you're the Gamecocks, and, you know, whether it's Wiggins covering him or whoever, you got to give 17 his chances and may the best man win, and if it's Clemson's man, so be it. But I think you got to go down swinging.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed from that Kentucky game, that big boy they had in the middle, I forget his name, but number zero. I literally posted – it's not tweeted
1: anymore, but I posted during the game, simply put – Dion Walker, who is number zero. Yeah. Dion Walker is making the South Carolina offensive line his bitch. <laughs> that's I literally posted. I was <laughs> like, I don't know how else to it. He is making uh, the South Carolina offensive line his bitch. So yeah. Tyler Davis, Ro Ro Ro, who I know whose name I screw up every single time. But
0: good luck. I mean, I, I, you, gotta be l-
1: you gotta be licking your chops if you're those guys. That's, man. that's literally by, by the
3: way how you say the name.
1: So that's that's it. Yeah. Row, row, row? That was
3: pretty spot on, honestly. Yeah, bit, yeah. Bit. that was pretty
0: good.
1: <laughs> like, that, he, like that, dude needs that dude needs a nickname. I hope he has
0: one. Rook. <laughs> Rook. Okay, that's, <laughs> a easier,
1: that's, that's a lot easier. His, <laughs> that's four letters
0: in his letters in his first name that you we just pull out, and that's there you go. Rook. <laughs> <Right>.
3: That's
1: it. <laughs> but
0: like also on the defensive side, what I look forward to is the play from probably like two of the best linebackers in the country with mm-hmm. Jeremiah Trotter and Barrett Carter. Trotter's been one of the best blitzing linebackers we've seen all season. How is that going to match up against the offensive line? Because Godwin is um, kind of like in the Brent Venables. He just loves the blitz, and we see that a lot. So I know, like you said, South Carolina gives up a ton of sacks. So is that where it probably in the trenches is where this game is going to be defined at? Absolutely.
1: And I I think they got to do a lot of what they did last year up in Clemson, which is getting Spencer Rattler out of the pocket, rolling him out and letting him go downfield because he's got a strong enough arm. He's really good on the run, again, as you guys saw last year and what he did with Juice Wells. So I think the game plan's got to be similar to him. And guys, the Gamecocks couldn't run the football last year and they they found a way to produce some offense and make some plays and make things happen. They took some risks in that game, went for it on fourth down. As we talked about before, special teams was huge, but uh, I mean, guys, you, you cannot, you cannot be naive enough to think you're going to go in this game and drop back and have five seconds to throw, and it's just not going to happen. I mean, South Carolina's offensive line, for as much as they, I will give them credit, they have, I think, the continuity has been much better of late. They even, they've taken some steps forward, right? Because admittedly, I mean, guys, they're playing two true freshmen on the offensive line in big true and Trovon Bowen, And these two kids, that's an highly regarded prospects, right? You know, they're, they're good players for sure. I mean, they're a lot better than some of the transfer portal guys they brought in. That's for damn sure. But you cannot realistically sit there and think that you're going to just, you know, drop back and Spencer Rattler is going to be playing seven on seven, especially again, guys, You know, if you can't get Mario Anderson going at all, and I mean, to your point, Deion Walker completely stuffed that last week for Kentucky. Their linebackers are really good. And, of course, uh, Trotter and Carter are going to be just a completely different level. I have a lot of respect for those guys. I think the best duo in college football at that spot. So I think for South Carolina, you almost have to look at this, guys, I think, like the Georgia game maybe. I don't know that Clemson's on that level, but I mean – You expect to not have a lot of time. You need to have a lot of extensions of the run game on the outside, right? Get it to your playmakers. Let them make plays in space. The quick passing game has got to supplement the run, and then you take your shots downfield. I think that's how you got to operate, guys. I think Spencer Rattler in the passing game, they've got to carry you. And, guys, I said it last week going to Kentucky. What was the key for that game? And it's such low-hanging fruit, but it was very simple. Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett, your best players, had to make plays. And in this Clemson game, I'll take it a step further. Spencer Rattler cannot be good. He has to be special to beat Clemson Saturday night. He has to be special. Like, he's got to, under duress, under pressure, be willing to take licks and deliver the football to the spot it needs to go. Like, because he's going to be under pressure. He's going to be under duress. There is no planet where this game is played, where this offensive line holds their own for 60 minutes. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. So, you got to right. get creative you your Dabble logins. At times, he's done a good job of scheming around it. But as you guys know, I mean, there's only so much you can do. And again, you saw in that graphic I released, offensive line, defensive line, Clemson has the advantage. South Carolina overcame that last week when I gave Kentucky the advantage. But I mean, Clemson at both spots, I would say, is probably better than Kentucky was. So uh, it, it's gonna t- it's a tall task. I mean, it, it's gonna take a great effort. But when you got a quarterback, you got a chance, man. And Spencer Rattler, he he can have that special night. We'll just see if he does it.
3: Yeah, I mean the O line we saw opening night in Charlotte. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I didn't know who the SEC team was, uh, but it sounds like some of I mean, those dude, poor it, old guys was, have been was, superseded. And, and I mean, I, I, you know,
1: I in in the preseason, everybody's hopes are so high, and and nobody wants to hear anything just even remotely critical. Or at least some don't. And you know, I, I I do position unit grades before the season starts. So I graded the offensive line like a D plus. Like this team lost Jalen Nichols, their best offensive lineman, in the spring game due to injury. We saw who they brought in, a bunch of FCS transfers. And I was like, listen, I don't think they're going to be very good. I'm sorry to tell you. And people got all upset. And then the game, the first game happens. And I literally said the week following, hey, listen, if you're Beamer and company, tell these FCS scrubs to hit the portal and start true freshmen. Like, and, and I had no problem saying that because it was just the reality. And guess what? A lot of them guys from week one, they don't play anymore. And I don't think that's right. by accident, right? That's <laughs> just they weren't yeah, very oh, no. good. You That's roll the, the dice hate. on some yeah. portal guys, and they stunk, and it is what it is, and you keep it moving, and hopefully you live and you learn. But, uh, yeah, it's – it's dude, it's to say that it's been a uh, tumultuous season for the offensive line. God bless Spencer Rattler. The, the season he's had with the cast of characters around him and that offensive line blocking for him, it's – out. I mean, Clemson's a playoff team if they have Spencer Rattler. I'm confident in saying that.
0: Yeah,
3: I, I second that notion. Yeah. Uh, that, well, yeah, I'm just glad he's upright, honestly. Because I mean, I, even from the first game, it Sounds like it's just a miracle. He's
1: taken some licks this year that I was
2: just happy to see him get up.
3: Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been. That's
2: maybe uh, uh, no, you don't wish injury. I won't even say it. you want. You don't no, wish any no, 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 no. player. You no. don't wish injury. I that I stopped myself because I'm a gentleman. It almost came off the tongue, but I.
3: That I takes, takes away back. from the game, so I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, now. I want best on best. We're uh, civil. We're civil right, right now. Whatever's available. We, we don't. We don't need
1: to be wishing. We don't need to be wishing for any Jordan Travis situations in here. That's that's no. Oh, no. 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 I mean, yeah, that no. was uh,
3: the playoff committee really a touching tribute and already kicking them out of the playoff. Uh, that's tough. Right that, that, that's that's I
1: tough. Man. Kick a man while he's down. That's tough.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean they're at five. right now. Sorry. Sorry. God. Bailey's <laughs> our resident comedian.
2: <laughs> I right, mean, boys, I we took too much time. I think we took too much time off his. Hey, it's been an hour. It. Hey, oh, wow. listen, great conversation, guys. And I,
1: I will tell you this because the uh, – and I, I'm not trying to butter you guys up, I promise, but uh, it's going to drop tomorrow anyways. Um, and you didn't ask, but I figured this will just humor you. I am picking Clemson in this game. I'm going Clemson 27-20. to 20. I, I just – I don't trust South Carolina's line of scrimmage. I don't trust their O-line. I think they got away with it last week. Uh, and I think Clemson last year, they lost that game because they stopped giving the football to Will Shipley. They stopped running the football. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to make that mistake yeah. again. And weirdly enough, guys, weirdly enough, the road team has had a wild amount of success in this series. So as mm-hmm. much as you'd think home field advantage matters a lot, I mean, it does, but does it really?
3: So, yeah, night atmosphere would be interesting, really.
1: I don't want to be right on this one, but guys, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I never thought South Carolina was going to win four in a row to close out the season. And uh, right. I still feel that way. So we'll see what happens. But I, I just – that that offensive performance against Kentucky, I think really just – it put a bad feeling, bad taste in my mouth. And I, I just – I don't know how South Carolina is going to move the football consistently enough to, you know, to, to match Clemson. Now, if the turnovers happen, I think if the Gamecocks win the turnover battle plus two or more, we're having a different conversation. And I know you guys, Clemson's turned the football yep. over – an insane amount for whatever reason. But if yes, Clemson absolutely. can take care of the football, I think that the Tigers come out victorious. And so that's the way I'm going in this one.
3: One yeah. more pick Uh biggest game outside of our lovely state, of South Carolina, Ohio state and Michigan. Any deep thought into that yet as we progress towards uh Robert Saturday?
1: Yeah, I'm, 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 it's not too deep at all, but I'm going to go Ohio state. I, I, you know, I, I got to stick with it too. You know why? Because I picked Ohio state, my college football playoff in the preseason. And, uh, you know, man, I I feel like Michigan. I, I know that they are a team that is playing with this chip on the shoulder, this edge, but I feel like they've also somewhat been playing with fire this year. And I don't know, man. I have this feeling. It just it's it's this glorious letdown incoming with college game day in town in Ann Arbor. Karma's a bitch, and Michigan. I am not saying <laughs> that they, the, the 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 suspension is correct, and I don't think stealing signs like. I but I come from the school of baseball like that's just so part of the game but you know karma is what it is and it won't shock me at all if the football guys don't uh, don't pay Michigan a visit this Saturday. So I think it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch the game
2: guys, but I'm going to Ohio State in that ballgame. game. And you got to
3: make sure Yeah, that I'm you with coach. you there.
2: Head coaching matters. So, you know, during the ball. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> I
2: gotta I gotta Take keep the narrative ahead. they yeah. lost because Jim Harbaugh <laughs> president. Yeah, right,
1: yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. He was worth he five was, or six. He was points. worth the
2: touchdown. He was worth <laughs> yeah. the touchdown. Anybody boys? I, I got everything it.
3: up. Uh appreciate it, brother. Chris, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to plug anything, absolutely feel free. I saw the rowback link. Uh, up on top of the Twitter, so congrats on that. Uh, but yeah, by the way, our quarterback is a Roback athlete. If you didn't know, I, is- I did see that, I respect that. Listen, I, you
1: know, <laughs> and it's funny too. It's funny too when uh Roback reached out to us and I and I, you know, we linked up with him or whatever. And and you know, I had some people reaching out to me like, How dare you, Club Nick <laughs> likes Roback? I'm like, Well, he has good taste. I mean, the stuff's nice. <laughs> you might be taking his care.
3: deal, honestly, if he's playing like this. Yeah,
1: not, like I don't care who's wearing it, like whatever, man. It's it's good stuff, it's all equal <laughs> opportunity out here, but yeah, we're. So I'm Chris Phillips. We're at the Spurs Up Show uh, X, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, wherever you get your content. Um, We host a daily live show called The Daily Crow, which airs on YouTube, Facebook and X noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. We take questions, comments and voicemail. So it's a very engaging show. Welcome all those to come out and uh, talk, conversate. We don't just talk Gamecocks. We talk SEC as well. A lot of SEC football picks, previews, predictions, storylines, all that good stuff. Um, We do have our own online store, tsus.store. It's not just the Roback stuff, but that's a really cool collaboration that we're excited about. Um, Podcast drops daily, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We drop YouTube content daily. Also, by the way, for the Clemson folks who are tuned into this, this season we have been hosting post-game call-in shows after every single South Carolina football game. We we will be doing that on Saturday night. It'll probably be like 11 or so, but immediately following – The conclusion of the South Carolina-Clemson game, win, lose, or draw. The phone lines will be open. We'll be be taking calls on the air. This is completely unfiltered, unedited. There's no bleep button. It gets as wild as people want it to get. So I I have a feeling that no matter matter what happens, it is going to be a complete shit show. So I'm I'm looking forward to to it. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be on YouTube, (laughs) Facebook, and X. Again, I say the best way, just hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, you'll get the notification if you hit the bell icon. I think it'll pop up. But either way, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. This is a blast. You're the man. Appreciate Absolutely. it.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Subscribe.